Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests today. I'd like us to turn in the Bibles to the uh, second chapter of John, and we're going to go back to a passage, actually, that we covered some time ago, um, but from a different angle, really, and pull out some different things. But you know what? As I've been thinking about Citygate, even though we are all... Uh, estranged right now. I don't know if that's the right word. We're all in our own homes. We're not able to get together. Thank God for Zoom calls and all of that. But I've been thinking, you know what? Citygate is such a big place. It's such a big place. It's such a, a, an incredible group of people, so diverse, so, so excited, so stirred up, um, so incredibly varied, actually, in, you know, in, in just so many ways. And, um, you know, as I've been thinking about the church, it's it's a bit like a seed bed. You know what? It's where great things can grow. And I want to encourage you, you know, at this time when we're all still locked down and we're not able to meet together, still sow your life into the life of Citygate Church. It's good ground. It's a great place, you know, where God is moving, God is speaking, um, you know, God is healing, God is restoring. God is doing so many things. Often you can see on people's desks or on the wall, think no small thoughts here. Don't know if you've ever heard that before, but you know what? Citygate is a church where it's really difficult to think small thoughts. You know what? Because we believe in a big God and we believe in a great God, the great God Jehovah for whom all things are possible. And friend, I just want to encourage you, you know, at the start of today's sermon here, that you know what, we are standing with you. We are praying for you. We are supporting you. You know, perhaps we can't be able to be together physically right now, but we are absolutely together, heart to heart. We're shoulder to shoulder. We are shield to shield, and we are believing God for great things for your life. I was just praying over the over the um, prayer wall earlier. You know, the wall where there were all the dreams. Do you remember that? You know, it, it was it was six months ago now that we had the dreams up on the wall. They are all still there and we are all still praying for those dreams to come to pass. And I want to encourage you, friend, think big thoughts. Dream big dreams. Stretch your faith in large stretch out and expect God for the best in your life. That's a little bit of what I want to you know, speak about today. <clears throat> you know, the fact that the gospel is good news. There is good news for your life today and that God has got his best for your life. Um, but I want to take it from just a little bit of a different um, angle today. It says here in John chapter 2 from verse 1 all the way through to verse 11. It says, on the third day, um, here they are, uh, and there's the Cana uh, feast. There are people getting married. I'm just going to paraphrase this a little bit. And, um, and they run out of wine. <clears throat> Can you think of anything more terrible at a celebration? They run out of wine. So um, somebody comes to Jesus. Actually, it was the um, other of Jesus. She comes to Jesus and says, you know, I want you to do something about this. And he said, you know, it isn't my time. You know what? But I love her tenacity. She just said to the servants, just do anything he tells you. So he does. He says, go and get some stone jars and fill them up with uh, uh, water. These stone jars were massive. Used to use them for bathing and that sort of thing. And it says that as they did that, the water turned into wine. The most amazing thing, probably the most heard story in the, you know, in the Bible, really. Everybody talks about this, the turning the water into wine. And we're just going to pick this up from verse 10. And it says, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine afterwards when the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. You've saved the best till now. 
everybody else, they do it like this. But you do it completely the opposite. That's what was said. Everybody does it like this. The whole world's saying this. Everybody thinks that. Everybody's doing it this way. But Lord Jesus, you're doing it completely the opposite. You know what? That can sometimes be confusing in our lives. It's as if everybody's doing it that way and God's doing it completely differently with you. It's as if the world's going in that direction and yet God seems to be going in the opposite direction. That is actually how the kingdom of God works. The world's going in that direction, the kingdom's going in that direction. The Bible says, what has light got to do with darkness? There is no correlation. We do things completely differently. We say things differently. We believe things differently. We forgive differently. We act in a different way. We, we respond in a different way. The world does it like that. The kingdom does it like that. The world does it like that. The church does it like that. The world does it like that. The Christian does it like that. Often, we're going in completely the opposite direction. And that can be really, really strange. But what I want us to understand today, friend, is that it isn't that Jesus was doing it the wrong way round. It's the world does it the wrong way round. That's a strong thing to say. But I want to encourage us today, friend, that as we do the will of God and as we read God's word, as we do it God's way, that's the right way to do things. I believe God's got his best for you and I. I believe God's got dreams and plans and purposes that absolutely are mind-blowing. They're wonderful. They're incredible. God wants to show himself strong. But it's going to be as we do it God's way and as we speak God's way and as we act God's way and as we respond God's way. God's way is the right way. The Bible says that, you know, Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. He's the right way. He does it the right way. He says the right things, even though they may look completely opposite to how the world does it. In this situation, we have here, you know, this incredible account where the, <laughs> he turns the water into wine and the Bible says he released and um, um, he revealed his glory in that situation. I believe God's going to show his glory in our generation. I believe God's going to show his glory in the most amazing way as we do it God's way. But it's interesting here that it didn't happen in the way people expected. It didn't happen at the time people expected. This was unexpected. I know I spoke the other week about we need to expect the unexpected, but people were not expecting this. But God showed himself strong and God showed his glory. And something I've learned is, as I think back, over 30 years in ministry now, you know, six months' time, 30 years in ministry, doesn't time fly? Isn't it just the most amazing, amazing experience of, of, of just being able to serve church and love church and love people? Um, something I've learned, really, is that the greatest things that we have in God do not come overnight. They come over time. Things don't happen when we think, often, I expected them to have, um, happen. God's ha God has his own time scale. And I found this out, and I'm sure you have too, that God's time is perfect. God moves at his time because he sees the big picture. It's very difficult for you and I to see the big picture. 
The Bible says in Psalm 2, God sits in the heavens and he laughs. Not because he's un, un, unfeeling or he's, or he's a crass God or not a caring God. But God sees things you and I don't see. You think, how can you say? And actually in Psalm 2, it's about enemies. It's about bad things going on. And yet it says God sits in the heavens and he's laughing. Why? Because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows what he's doing. And friend, even in the middle of turmoil, God sees the end from the beginning. And God is going to reveal his glory in the most amazing way it may not be in the way you and I expected. This is the last thing we expected as a church in 2020. It was the last thing. It, to be honest, it wasn't even the last thing. It wasn't on the list. We were not expecting that we couldn't meet together. First time, I don't know if it's the first time in history um, over here, I think it happened a hundred uh, years ago when the Spanish flu was happening. Churches couldn't meet and things couldn't happen. But this is unthinkable what is going on. We're thinking we weren't expecting this. We weren't expecting the world to be turned upside down. We weren't expecting you know, people to lose their jobs. We weren't expecting. We weren't expecting so many things. What's going on? It's as if the world's going this way but God has a plan God has a purpose he hasn't created these situations but God is going to reveal his glory in the most amazing way the greatest things we have in God do not come overnight they often don't come in our time scale but they do come in time see there are a couple of different types of thought processes really people um, processes people people have a fixed mindset so often People have a fixed mindset and the fixed mindset really believes that you are who you are and you cannot change. It is as it is and it's not going to change. That's a fixed mindset, inflexible, really restricted actually, put in a box. But then there's another type of a mindset which I believe is like a growth mindset and it's saying it may be like it is but it can change. It may have always been that way, but it can turn around. And I want to encourage us today. You know, the people never expected the water to turn in, into wine, but Jesus was expecting the water to turn into wine. And I want you to expect, and I believe God wants us to expect, that the curse is going to turn into a blessing. That that which is meant for division is going to turn around for unification, for, for people coming together. That which is meant to cause hurt and pain is going to be turned around to bring healing and joy and peace. But this is how it's going to happen. It'll happen as we do it the opposite for the way the world's doing it. These are very, very challenging thoughts today. You know what? At the end of a film, sometimes as a family, we go out and we, and we hang around at the end after the film and all the credits are coming up and the music's playing and the, the cinema empties and we're still sitting there. Just in case, I can laugh about this, just in case there's an after clip. You know, and I know in a whole lot of films, you know, the Avengers films and other things, often there are after clips. At the very end, everybody's left, there's a handful of people left and it's as if, okay, is there anything else? Is there an after clip going on? Sometimes there is one and we wait and wait and wait. And I'm normally the one saying, you know what? There's no after clip, let's just go. But often my other boy, you know, my boys will go, no, dad, wait, wait, wait. And, and it's like, oh, okay, we'll wait. And then this 30 second, five second after clip comes up. It's really important that we see the after clips of God if people had left that party because the wine had run out, they would never have experienced the glory of God of the best wine. 
If they had said, oh, it's over now, there's no hope, nothing's going to change, there's no more wine, there's no hope for the generation, division is division, hatred is hatred, unforgiveness is unforgiveness, nothing's ever going to change, let's just leave the party. You know what? They never would have experienced the incredible outpouring of God's glory that day. But for the people who stayed for the afterclip, and I believe as a church, we're staying for the afterclip. It ain't over till it's over. And even though we're, you know, isolated at the moment, even though we can't get together, it ain't over till it's over. Don't leave the party. You know, even though there's turmoil in the nation today and there's unrest and there's all sorts of, of, of hatred being expressed and violence being expressed, it ain't over till it's over. Don't leave the party. Jesus Christ is turning water into wine. And I am really encouraged with that thought right now. The Bible tells us to allow um, uh, patience to have its perfect work. Patience is such a vital thing in our lives. I've been doing an everyday um, you know, thought for the day. It's actually turning into a preach for the day, but it's not a preach. It's, you know, there's no notes. I'm not prepared for it. I just sit down, I go to the next verse, and I talk every day on Instagram. And, you know, we've got hundreds of people tuning into that on a daily basis. I'd encourage you to do the same thing. Um, it's, a very, it's, you know, a great way to start your day as we go through God's word step by step. And just, you know, some time ago, I was going through the um, book of uh, James and it says, allow patience to have its perfect work because then you'll be complete, lacking nothing. You'll be perfect, you'll be whole. But if you don't allow that and if you ask God for wisdom, but you don't, you know, you don't hang around for the afterclip, then it's, you know, it actually says you're like an unstable man. You're unstable in all your ways. You're, you, you know, you're thinking this, you're thinking that. You're not single-minded. I want to encourage us at the moment to be single-minded on the fact that God is going to show himself strong. So my you know, thoughts today are that we need to wait. Some things happen instantly, some things happen over time. But we've got to wait. We've got to be patient. We have to be like the people who stayed till the end of the party when the good wine came out. And just a few things from this of what I believe time will do as we wait and as we spend time with God and we understand God's timing when the world's going that way and the kingdom's going that way and we wait for what God is going to do. I believe time is a very powerful thing and time is going to actually achieve something in our lives. The first thing that I want to say today is time will educate us. Time will educate us. See, so often God needs to educate us before he can give us authority over some things. The Bible says, who is faithful you know, with the small things is going to be made, you know, put in authority over big things. Well, so often we're put in authority over the small things because we need to learn things. We need to be educated. We need to understand somebody else's point of view. I think today, I think something I'm crying out for more than ever before is understanding. The Bible says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Understanding, I think, right now is everything. Uh, and as we understand and as we hear each other, then we can start to see something grow and we can have authority over greater situations. That's how the Word of God speaks. Time will mature us as we're educated, as we learn things, as we understand things. Time will bring maturity into our lives. And it will, you know, our discernment's going to be sharpened. Our understanding is going to be greater. You ask a five-year-old what you want, they're going to probably say, 
an action man or a, or a something or a bar of chocolate? <laughs> I don't know. You ask that question to a 25-year-old and they're going to say, I want to get married, perhaps, or I want a job, or I want to develop my career. Completely different things to the five-year-old. You ask that same question to a 50-year-old, you're going to get a completely different answer. It's going to be things of, what am I handing on in life? I know 50 is a young man. I'm a young man, but I'm thinking about these things. What am I handing on? What am I going to leave behind? Same question, three different people at different times in their lives. It's because they've been educated, they've grown up, they've experienced different things. I believe at this time we all have to have grace with each other as time is educating us and we're learning different things. But you know what? That's going to bring us all to a place of incredible um, authority over our lives and the world that we live in. The second thing that time is going to do, time is going to expose things that you currently you cannot see. Time will expose things that right now you can't see it. You know what? Sometimes you think you see something clearly but then you just wait another week, another month, another year, and you have far greater clarity about that thing. You see it in a different way. You see, time exposes things. You think, oh, I didn't really see that before. In the old days, before phones, before the time when we used to, you know, just click the button and there's the image, you used to have to have a film in a camera and you had to wind the camera on. A lot of you are going, what are you talking about? But you'd have to put a film in, piece of plastic, couldn't see the light of day, and you know, it had to be dark, you had to put it in, you had to you know, click the film on, and then you take it, and then you take that film to the chemist, or you send it off to wherever, and they have to develop the film. Sometimes you'd do it yourself. If you were into that sort of hobby, you'd get special stuff and you'd have a dark room and there'd be, you know, a special color type of a bulb in there that doesn't affect the film. And you put it in the liquid and you develop the film. And over time, it would take a minute, it would take two minutes or however long it took. I, I never did it, but you'd have to develop the film and you'd see the image coming through over time. And then when you see it in the way you want to see it, you quickly take it out, you put it in a fix and you fix that image. It's very easy to think how I see life today is how life is. But you know what? As you see life over time, you develop some very, very different pictures in your life. And I want to encourage us all today to spend time with God, to spend time on the promises of God, to spend time with what's going on today, because time will expose things that you didn't see before. The third thing today that I want to encourage us with about time is time will actually destroy things or remove things that you've outgrown. Time will remove things that you've outgrown. I don't know about you, but I'm sure, I'm sure I can say this for everybody actually, there are things that I don't want today that I used to want. They used to be really important to me when I was three. <laughs> they used to, I wanted a dummy. I don't know if I ever had one, it's an example, I probably did. I wanted a dummy. I don't want one today, why? Because time has elapsed. I used to want this, I used to want that, I used to, this used to be important to me, that used to be important to me. But you know what, over time, we grow up and what was important to us then is not as important to us today. 
you know, when you're, you know, perhaps younger and you're growing up, some things are really important to you, certain things of achieving and certain things of, you know, you know, the goals that you achieve. We're always under goals. I'm still setting goals today, of course. But the goals change. The things that are valuable change. The things that are important change. And you know, what? I want to encourage you today, friend, that don't worry if things take a bit of time. Don't worry. Why? Because time will educate you. Time will cause you to see things you've not seen before, but time will also cause you to adjust what is important. You'll begin to see things in a different way and value things. Time will clear things out. You know what, as a family, and I'm sure I can speak for so many families here, we all have different attitudes to what we want to keep in the loft. <laughs> what we want to keep in the loft. Oh no, we can't throw that away. Yeah, but we're never going to use it again. I'm, I'm going to be really careful here because in our family, these are discussions that we have. And sometimes something has a real emotional pull on us. I know I could go, I could take you up into our loft and we've got it all arranged in boxes, boxes, boxes. Sharon's brilliant at that. I'd just open the hatch and throw it up. But Sharon's brilliant and she organizes things and it's great and we know where things are. And, um, you know, we've, there are things there that I think, oh, we don't need to keep that, but they mean something to Sharon or they mean something to one of the boys or they mean something to me and I've decided to keep it. Um, and over time, perhaps we think, you know what? No, I don't need to keep that anymore. I don't need to keep that anymore. There are things in our lives, you know, the Bible says, cast all your cares upon Jesus Christ because he cares for you. There are things that we need to get rid of out of our lives, perhaps some mindsets, perhaps some attitudes, perhaps some words that we've always said about ourselves. You know what? Over time, it's time for those to be removed out of our lives. What was important when I was five is not important for me today, so I'm not going to keep talking about it. I'm not going to keep bringing it up. I'm not going to keep on on praying the same prayer you know what because time has meant that things have moved on and that which was important to me is not as important anymore today I've got a new set of values or I've got a new understanding or I've got some new priorities in my life time is a very powerful thing if you leave before the after clip you're not going to receive the the glory of God that happens over time the last thing today as we as we close is that this time will make the good great. Time will make that which is good into something that is great. You know what? Some things can only happen over time. I love to watch programs about how things are made. Um, you know, how things happen, whether that's, you know, how things are produced, how cars are built. Uh, it's all by, the, you know, often by, you know, machines now. And sometimes you cannot speed up the process because something needs to stick for a length of time to get its full strength, or something needs to soak, or something needs to be heated up for a length of time. And if it's not for that amount of time, it's not going to be as strong, or it'll be too brittle, or it isn't going to withstand the heat that is coming in its, in its um, you know, function as this thing is made. Um, I find these things fascinating, how things are made. Well, I believe lives are made. I believe, of course, we are you know, created in the image of God and God sets us off and when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, something powerful happens. But I also believe lives are made, lives are built. 
And even if we you know, think we understand everything early on, it's still going to take time for those things to be built and established in our lives. Things don't happen. I said earlier, the best things in God don't happen overnight. They happen over time. Why? Because that's how God, he, that's how we establish our lives. It's how we build our lives. It's how we develop our lives. That which is good can be great if we give it the time. So often we want to, you know, uh, shortcut something. We don't want to wait. We're impatient. We just want to get it done. We just want to, yeah, I can, I can do it now. And yet, if we just spent a little bit longer, we'd be fitter, or we'd be better, or we'd be more understanding, or we'd be more empathetic, or we'd be more in faith, or we'd understand authority in a better way. So let's not jump into things, say, I'm going to do it now. Sometimes there's a time to just say, you know what, I'm going to wait in God I'm going to wait, I'm going to hear the voice of God because then when I speak or when I stand up or when I move or when I pray, I know I'm praying something that's not just good, it's going to be great. I'm not just going to do something that's good, it's going to be great. This has to do with preparation, of course, but you know what? You know, today is all about the fact that we're going to see the, the glory of God move. Let's not shortcut what God wants to do by jumping in too soon into the things that we know God has for us because time is going to make the good great. I think in some of these things that has to do with a decision. Other times we're not in control of the time. It's like, well, God's timing and I just have to sit here and stand and pray and believe God and have patience. Other times, you know, perhaps the time is in our hands and we go, we'll just hold it a little bit. Just step back from this and let's just listen. Let's just learn. You know, before we jump in, let's, let's get into the timing of God because we don't just want a good response. We want a great response. Friend, I want to encourage you today. God has got great great things planned for your life. The most wonderful things. You know what? He's got abundance. The Bible says he makes straight paths for our feet. He's got abundance for us. He's got hope for us. He's got greater things for us. The Bible says he's going to take us from strength to strength, from glory to glory. But let's give God time. Let's give our faith time. Let's spend time in God's Word because you know what? Time's going to educate us. Time is going to clean out some old things. Time is going to clarify issues that we thought we saw, you know, clearly, but we didn't see very clearly. And time is going to mean that that which, which was good, you know, is going to be great in Jesus' name. As we close today, I'd just like to pray right now because I believe, you know what? God does want to show himself strong. I'd like you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a great God. You're a God who saved the best till now. And Father God, sometimes that seems like it's backwards and life, you know, how come this didn't happen five years ago? Why didn't this happen last week? Why hasn't it happened yet? And yet if we see the big picture, Lord God, Lord, you are doing something in time. And Father God, we embrace that today. Lord, we say your will be done, your kingdom come. And Father, we thank you. You are doing a work in us and through us. Father God, in order that the best wine can be poured out. Lord, we commit today. We're not going to, Lord, exit the party, Lord, and fail to see the goodness and the greatness and the glory of God in our generation. So Father, we thank you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friend, I want to ask you today, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? The Bible says you must be born again. 
as we've been speaking today about things about time and what God wants to do over time and there's a time for the water to be turned into wine you know what there's a time for salvation and the Bible says today is the day of salvation today is the day for you to give your life to Christ It'll be very easy to think, oh, I'll think about it for a bit and I'll pray tomorrow. Friend, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. With so many things going on and so many things happening, you know, who knows what tomorrow is going to hold. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And I want to encourage you with every bit of love and compassion on the inside of me. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. The Bible says you must receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in order to have eternal life. You don't receive eternal life just because you live a good life. You don't receive eternal life and go to be with God in heaven just by going to church or being a religious person or praying or doing good to people. All those things are wonderful and we need to be doing those. But the only way to receive salvation from God, eternal life, this is what the Bible talks about, is to say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Be my Lord, my Savior and my friend. I, 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 I hand you my life. You died for me. I'm going to live for you. Friend, of course, there's going to be next steps. We're going to encourage you to read the Bible and to, you know, be involved with a church somewhere. City Gate's here, but there's, you know, thousands of great churches across the world and across the nation. But the first thing, the first step is to give your life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray a prayer now. And it's a prayer, we'll pray it line by line. And it's inviting Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and your Savior. I'd like to ask you to pray with me now as I pray you pray it after me out loud wherever you are in your lounge in your car in your bedroom wherever you are why don't you pray this prayer with me say Heavenly Father thank you that you love me thank you that you demonstrated your love by sending your son to die on a cross to give me life thank you Jesus for dying for me I receive you as my Lord my saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I won't ever be the same again. I receive your eternal life. Amen. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer today, I believe you're now a Christian. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that he's been raised from the dead, you'll be saved. So friend, of course, there are other steps and we'll talk about that in just a minute, but I want to encourage everybody today. You know what? God has a time. It's a time to reveal his glory, the water into wine. Don't leave the party before you drink the best wine. God bless you. Have an amazing week this week. Do everything you can to help make somebody else's life great. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.